Happy Monday, December 13th to you all, unless you work at Domino's. I really don't like you. And we got a packed schedule for you guys. We have Coco Melon Player of the Week, a big, full, jam-packed recap of NFL Week 14, who's on the block, who made the grade, the most unbreakable record in sports, and ugliest college basketball games I've ever seen. How about this? Let's go. This is the Sunday Club, presented by Coco Welcome back, episode four of the Sunday Club. Let's go! Let's go! I know, I'm excited. Jared, you excited? Did you just hear the enthusiasm in that let's go? Of course, of course! We're excited. Let's do it. All right, Coco Melon, player of the week. Jared, you want to start us out with your Coco Melon player of the week? Oh, yeah, I will. All right. My Coco Melon Player of the Week is going to be no one other than Aaron Rodgers. What a spectacular game we had for Sunday night. I we'll cap that off. We'll cap that off later in this podcast, but I'll just give you a little rundown of his stats. He was 29 of 37, 341 yards and four touchdowns, and led his team to a big, big win. On Sunday Night Football against the rival Chicago Bears. Jake, who is your Coco Melon of the Week? I sure hope it's not one of the, uh, one of the, the Mormons. Oh, the I Mormons. really hope it's no. not one of the Mormons. No, it's not. It's also not a Charger. My prediction was very wrong on Saturday. Very wrong. Not even it's tough. Close. I mean, you know, it. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to have a fantastic game. When you're playing the Jets, like, and you can just hand the ball off to Alvin Kamara the whole game. But we'll recap that later. So, Coco right. Melon. My, uh, my Coco Melon player of the week, I got former San Diego State running back and current Seattle Seahawks running back, Rashad Penny. That guy San finally. Diego. Uh, he, hey, he finally, finally had his breakout game. He had 16 carries, 137 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, that's kind of the first game that we've seen. I know that was his first touchdowns, first touchdown he scored of the season this year. Uh, that was his first big game he's had. Uh, I remember he tore his ACL back in 2019, kind of been in and out of the league. I know I follow him closely just because I always want to see Aztec players do well in the NFL, which is, I mean, pretty rare. You don't see team, you don't see guys from those small schools getting those opportunities. But, I mean, it's good to see a guy from – Small schools, best San Diego State, getting that opportunity, finally starting to play well. I know he mentioned or I heard somewhere that he kind of felt that this was kind of his last chance in the NFL just because he was such a high draft pick. They gave him all these chances, wasn't playing well towards ACL back in 2019. Finally he is came 25 years old as well, which is on the high side of uh, running backs this age because, 100%. as you see, I mean, every year – we get new and new running backs that just come in and do the same job that their starters were doing. 100%. All right, uh, let's recap. Jared, you ready to get into this recap of Week 14? Some good games, some really bad games. Oh, yeah? Oh. <laughs> let's get it. Let's get it. All right, first game we're going to look at, 
which was surprising. Well, not surprising. We all kind of thought it was going to be a good game. But one of the good games, uh, Ravens, Browns, Ravens 22, Browns 24. Uh, I mean, the Browns had a pretty sizable lead. They were up 24 to 3 at one point, and it looked like the Ravens weren't even going to come close. Lamar gets carted off with an ankle injury. Uh, from what I heard today, he's still day-to-day. They don't know if he's going to play next week, but they haven't officially ruled him out. Um, Tyler Huntley came in. He played well. I don't know, Jared. I don't know what you thought about Tyler Huntley. I thought he played pretty well for coming in, you know, especially you know, after Lamar. I, I mean, obviously, if Lamar's in this game, I think the Ravens win. Uh, it's tough. Marquise Brown, he was open on a few, few plays that Tyler Huntley didn't connect with him, but... Uh, Obviously, that's what I think, but the Browns did start off this game 24 points in the first half and then went on to score zero points the rest of the game. Uh, that's tough. Uh, Browns really could not find their offense today. They're usually uh, running the ball a lot more than they did and have a lot more success in that when you see that offense rolling. Uh, I don't know if that had anything to do with the fact of why they didn't score anything in the second half. Uh, Baker looked okay, in my opinion. He looked, he looked good in the first half, and he didn't look good in the second half. Exactly. I mean, he fell off. Their run game didn't really do much. I mean, Nick Chubb, 17 attempts for 59 yards. That is mediocre for Nick Chubbs and the Browns, especially. I mean, at least one of the... One of the two, Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb, goes off, but Kareem Hunt only had two attempts this game for five yards. Their run game was not very good. Uh, I thought Tyler Huntley did his best. He played well coming in. Um, I really hope Lamar has a speedy recovery for these Ravens team, but I don't think it's going to be anything too quick, at least a week. I feel like he's not going to be playing like this next gonna, game. You feel like he's not going to be back the next Yeah, game. I heard it's going to be a lower ankle sprain, but... I mean, we all we all know how it is. Media likes to hype it up, make, make things look like they're worse than what they are. Yeah, I mean, you just never know. Uh, I mean, it was a fantastic comeback. Come all the way back from down 24-3, come back 22-24. Had a chance to tie it, to go for two. Uh, didn't get it, and then uh, they got the ball back. I think they recovered the onside kick. Did they recover the onside kick? I think they did. Couldn't tell you. Yeah, I think... <laughs> I think that I think pretty sure they recovered the onside kick. I was at work. Um, not gonna lie. That's okay. This is my fourth job that I got, but you know. We all have to do what we have to do. You know, if you guys if you guys just keep listening to the podcast, keep listening to the podcast. All know exactly what happened during this game. Exactly. Um, it was just I thought it was weird. And the yeah, Ravens had a fourth and six, and they tried like a little two yard slant, which he didn't even connect with. I just thought that that was like a strange play call there. Um, on that fourth and six to try and keep the game alive. I mean, even if he catches the ball, he's not going to get the first down. So, I don't know, kind of a strange play call. Um, next game, we're going to look at, we're going to take a look at uh, the Jaguars-Titans. I mean, Jaguars zero, Titans 20. Urban Meyer equals sore loser, in my opinion. And I'm sorry, I can't get, I don't know how to turn that audio off on my iPad. I keep getting the ESPN notifications. Um, Urban Meyer, sore loser. Jared, I don't know if you saw that video of him uh, not even making eye contact uh, with the Titans head coach there. Oh, I sure did. Might be one of the funniest videos you see all year. It was uh, pretty, pretty comical. I don't know. Was it? Was what was better, that or the fact that Trevor Lawrence threw four picks? Um, I'm gonna have to go with that because I'm not gonna lie. I did not watch any of this game at all. 
I knew from the get-go that Titans were just going to win this game. Uh, I think everybody knew that, saw that coming in. The 20-0, I don't know if everybody saw, but come on, come on. Urban Meyer, I don't know what you're doing to Trevor Lawrence. Number one overall pick. I didn't really think he was going to be a full-blown bust going into this year. But uh, what are you doing, Urban Meyer? James Robinson only had six rushes, six attempts. He only had six attempts six for four attempts yards. Six attempts for four yards. How do you only give him the ball six times? James Especially Robinson proved what he could do struggle. last year. I mean, he, he, was such sure a, he was such a good running back last year. He, uh, in my opinion was one of the best in the league, especially once he got an opportunity. Um, I mean, we've heard what Lawrence has had to say and many other players about last week when James Robinson fumbled the ball, and they did not put him in after that, basically. Pretty much. I don't think he played pretty, pretty much at all for the rest of the game. Yeah, that's, that's something that you can't do. Um, I mean, I've heard it from several some coaches that have uh, retired from the league that when you are dealing with a rookie quarterback, it's very, very important about the run game. Uh, you don't want to put the ball in those quarterbacks' hands as much as possible just because you really – like, it's a learning experience. Like, it's his first year in the league. He's trying to learn the game. It speeds up on you, and you really want to put the run game at a premium and open up as many pass opportunities as you can on play action and just not play action and just in general. So I don't know what Urban Meyer's doing. I think he's trying to play himself out of league. We'll touch on this more later on too. For sure. Um, Raiders, Chiefs. Chiefs, this is another one of the really bad games. Chiefs absolutely destroyed the Raiders. Um, I mean, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had two touchdowns. Raiders just looked really bad. I mean, the only good spot for the Raiders was Hunter Renfro. They had 117 yards and a touchdown. Other than that, I mean, I had it on one of my side, on my smaller TV, and it just seemed to me, I wasn't really watching the game super close, but it just seemed to me every time I turned around to take a look at the game, it looked like uh, Derek Carr was getting chased out of the pocket and just throwing the ball out. Throwing the ball out. It just, Raiders didn't look like they could get anything going. But... I will say this now sets up a massive Thursday night football game for the Chargers and the Chiefs. I mean that that game is gonna, you know, that's gonna decide the AFC West right there. So I don't know. I don't they know. they they don't match up again later in the season, do they? That's it. This is the Chargers beat the Chiefs in Week Two. So okay. if the Chargers, the Chiefs are one game up on the Chargers. So if the Chargers beat the Chiefs, they'll have the same record, but the Chargers will have the tiebreaker over them, so they'll be the number one spot in the AFC West. Which then, if the Chargers are pretty much set up, if they can handle their business, because they have the Broncos again, that's a team they should beat, even though they lost to them earlier in the year. That's a team they should beat. So if the Chargers can play well against the Chiefs on Thursday, which it does happen sometimes, I mean, take that back, almost every time the Chargers play the Chiefs, they're always interesting games. And I think the Chargers just, they match up well against them. I know the Chiefs have their number. They beat them a majority of the times in the last, I don't know, handful of meetings. But, I mean, the Chargers always seem to make it interesting against the Chiefs. I know when they played earlier in the year, that it's a completely different Chiefs team than what we're seeing right now. I think it's going to be a super interesting game on Thursday night. I'm curious to see how the Chiefs play. I'm curious to see how the Chargers play. I'm just, I, I, I'm very, very excited for that game on Thursday. 
As you can tell, we have a Chargers fan on this podcast. That's the most in-depth. I'm an, I, I go on any team and the Chargers start to come on. You know, as we pass it over to myself, uh, I will tell you this interesting stat about Hunter Renfro, as he did add on that he had went 117 yards and a touchdown in this game. His last three games, Hunter Renfro has 30 catches for 353 yards. 30 catches in the last three games? Yep. Wow. This is a lot. This is a lot for that guy. Um, a lot of teams doubted him. I mean, coming out of college, you know, skinny white boy. Who's not going to doubt him? My favorite picture is they have Metcalf in one yep. side, side and then Renfro on the other side. And it's like one of these guys has more receptions in the NFL than the other one. And it's Hunter Renfro, it baby. Hunter Renfro. It is Hunter Renfro. But what you did not touch on at all about this game is the fact that the Raiders decided that they wanted to celebrate – on the logo. On the logo, yeah. <laughs> on the logo. You don't do that. You don't. Yeah. You don't do that, and then go down. What? What do they go down? And then lost four. You can't do that, and then lose forty-eight to nine. No, you can't do that, and go down thirty-five. Yeah. At half. Was it, was it was thirty-five to three at half. Thirty-five to three at halftime. Okay. That's ridiculous. You can't do that. I mean, obviously, Patrick Mahomes played well. Twenty of twenty-four. I mean, 258 yards, two touchdowns. He didn't have to do jack in this game. No. He did not have to do anything. They were, they had the lead so quick and so early, and their defense has been playing so good these last couple of games. I think they're averaging about 10.8 points per game in their last six. I believe so. Five or six. Is yeah. what, five or six, but still. Within the last month and a half. I mean, ever since the Chiefs have started winning games. That's when their defense have stepped up, averaging that 10.8 points per game. Jake, I got one big question for you about the Chiefs okay. going into this Thursday night. Okay, what's the question? Do you think the Chiefs are back? I mean, I think the Chiefs, what I, I don't see. Do you think they're back to what they've been before? With I th- everybody I th- that you look forward to on your schedule and you see the Chiefs coming up and you're like, that's an automatic Loss. See, I think, think that's them right now. Yeah, I think they are. It's, it was just it was a strange start to the year because I think we've been so like just been embedded into our brains in the last couple of years that the Chiefs are the Chiefs. Like they're this unstoppable force with Mahomes, Andy Reid, you know Tyreek Hills, all these unbelievable playmakers. And it was just really strange to see them not playing that way and with their defense struggling, put more pressure on the offense. I mean, their offense obviously, as everybody sees, like. You know, in the last couple of years, they kind of rely on that, like, air raid. You know, we're going to take the home run shot. We're going to win these games with these 75, 80-yard touchdown catches by the, Tyreek. The, not not just Tyreek, but just... Anybody. Patrick McCombs can take you down and score at any point. At any point. And at it was, any point, yeah. at will, they can score. Yeah, and I think it was just seeing that defense not playing well, putting more pressure on the Chiefs, because when they weren't connecting on those home run balls, it was forcing the defense to stay out on the field for so much longer than they're used to. I think Andy Reid, obviously, not a dumb thing to say, but he knows what he's doing. He, like obviously, I know it's a dumb doing. thing to say, but like he was. This is the first time within like this, you know, this kind of group of the Chiefs have to see him take a step back and kind of reprogram how he's going to run his team because he's just had the way he's run it for so long. He had to take a step back, like say, "Okay, what are we doing wrong?" Which, you know, the last couple of years, when when Andy Reid had to look in the mirror and say, "What am I doing wrong?" 
everything the Chiefs seem to do is right. That's fair. That's very fair. I mean, when you can go down and score at any point, any will, I mean, yeah. how, how, how do you judge how your team's very much doing when nobody can figure you guys out? Exactly. When you're just crushing everybody. No, I mean, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's going to... Gonna be interesting there. Huge Thursday night game. All right, uh, Saints thirty, Jets nine. Alvin Kamara's back, hundred twenty yards and a touchdown. Um, and I think Jared, didn't we both? We both put. Did we both put money on the Jets? Uh, I did, but it was in a parlay. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Or no, on the Jets? Is that what you just did? Said? You put money on the Jets. I did not put money on the I, Jets. Yeah, I had I the Saints all the, the way. Um, I had my Coco Melon Player of the Week being Taysom Hill because I thought. <laughs> Even with Alvin Kamara being in or out, I thought Taysom Hill was just going to be his uh, running back mentality that he has and just run all over these Jets. But it was really Kamara that did all the running over these Jets. As Jake touched on, 120 yards and a touchdown. It was a big game for him. Really happy to see him back. He's a great player. This is one of the... Running backs, and I'm not going to lie, is going to be one of those guys that needs to be on the field at all times. I think there's a few. I mean, we see it with CMC and how much it affects the Carolina Panthers, as well as Derrick Henry with the running back situation and how much like they desperately need them. I mean, as, as we see, the Titans ran all over the Jags anyways, but... Derrick Henry's just a force to be reckoned with. He's still top five for rushing running backs, even though he hasn't played since week eight. But Kamara is one of those guys that, I mean, the Saints were on a five-game losing streak. Kamara plays almost every stop. He's one of the biggest components of this Saints offense. Um, I mean, he catches passes. Exactly. I mean, they, they went without Taysom Hill. For a few games as well as Kamara. Kamara's been out for, what, five, six weeks? I, th- I believe so. Back when I traded him off of my fantasy team. Well, what was well, that trade, Jake? And how is it working out for you? I'm not going to lie. Well, I gave up. We don't go too much in-depth with fantasy, but I gave up Kamara. Somebody sent me a trade. I can't. I think I got Robert Woods. And then he got hurt. Yeah, Robert but Woods. Baby. I got Robert Woods and TJ Hawkinson. And he had sent me this trade the day before. Right before Odell signed with yep. the Rams. And then, but it was, he sent me this trade, let's say, on a Tuesday. And then I wake up on Wednesday morning and see Kamara's out, not playing. And then I clogged, clicked into my ESPN app and accepted the trade. Which was fantastic for me, and but then, then like two days later, I heard that on the Robert Friday, Woods got on the Friday, yeah. Robert Woods tore an ACL right after OBJ accepted that contract. You never know. Was it he you know. tore his he tore his after the Odell signed and then he tore it. Yep. Maybe you, you at know. practice maybe he tore it right out right after OBJ Roger had signed Goodell's that contract. Maybe maybe that's why there were scissors on the field in the football team game. You know, Probably that knows, like that also might be just ACLs. because the football team has poop coming out of their drains anytime it rains. Yeah. But that's a great segue to the football team. To the game. football team, because they lost to, as Jared called them on the Saturday Night Podcast, the Cowgirls, and said that the Cowgirls had no chance to beat the football team. You know, I was really feeling this football team. They had a very, very, very slow start. If we want to talk about anything right away, it's going to be the Heineke finger point bomb yep. that he oh, yeah. that he underthrew to Terry McLaurin. Yep. Um, 
it's a badass sight to have uh, your quarterback on any team throw up the finger point. Just toss but, up the finger point and then just. But when you when you when you underthrow the receiver, it's not a great sight. I mean, Jake, you've had Justin Herbert throw the finger point to Guyton. Yeah, um, for like a sixty-eight yard touchdown pass. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he didn't yeah, throw the finger yeah, on that yeah, one. He just threw no, it. No, 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 not this week. I'm talking about uh, what was that? Two weeks ago, he did that, and he threw it. Was it was a touchdown pass, but Guyton did have to like take a step back or two. I mean, it was a little unthrown, yeah. but it was a beautiful pass, and it obviously the end result is what everybody cares about, not the uh, fact that he underthrew him a little bit. I mean. Taylor Heineke, obviously the finger point, bro. If you're nice. gonna do, if you're gonna finger point, you you gotta throw a dime. But besides that, Dallas went up big. Whew. I mean, football team scored zero points before going into the half, and then made a comeback. It was a good game. They held only the Cowboys to three points in the, sec- in the second half. It was it was impressive. But the Cowboys look like they should have just ran away with this game. Um, I don't know really what happened with the Cowgirls. I mean, I'm going to keep calling them the Cowgirls. I'm going to keep calling them the Cowgirls. They're nice and easy at the top of that NFC East. They are, but, I mean, if you really really want to look at the division that they have to play, it's not that impressive. That's why I keep calling them the Cowgirls. Tullus division looks way more impressive. Um, you got to handle business against... The Washington football team, if you want to be big dog in this NFC East and act like you're going to contend this big year. Big dog in what has notoriously been the worst division in football. Exactly. They're not big dog, in my opinion. Micah Parsons, my God, is insane. That guy's a dog. He's insane. Dal- yeah. Dak Prescott, I mean, I love him. I think he's going to be great. But at the same time, like, you got to handle business a little bit better than this. Uh, as an Ohio State fan... I will tell you that Zeke was very underwhelming in this game. I think he should have done a little bit better. Might have been only because he had 12 attempts for 45 yards, but his longest only being seven. But, I mean, they got to have a better run game than that. Jake, nice Dr. Pepper open. It's not Dr. Pepper. It's no, dude, we changed it up tonight. <laughs> oh, wow. Jake, this is the first time I've seen him drink anything but a Dr. Pepper. We got a Coke tonight. In the last six months. Um, but really this game came down to that. It's a tough loss for the Washington Washington football team. The scissors, wow. Yeah. Can just the scissors. That? that was so strange. So I only saw the highlight of it. Was that do you know was that before the game? That was before the game or at halftime? Nope, that was mid game, baby. He was in the, the red zone. I don't I just I Taylor only saw the video made it to the red the zone and he found that. And he found just scissors. That I know. Just, Scissors on Jerry a football Jones, field. You know, I was thinking of Jerry Jones sitting there in hard knocks and he was just eating his like McDonald's breakfast sandwich just trying to figure out, hmm, so what type of scissors should I purchase for this Washington game? Well, do you think that he uh, put the scissors there when he also placed the Dallas Cowgirls' own benches there? Because oh, the football team, so strange. football team apparently does not have any uh, heated benches Unlike the Cowboys do, so... So the, the football team doesn't have heated benches? Nope. Okay. But the Cowboys brought their own benches for this they game. Brought their they own. flew them on a jet. That's not okay. No? 
No, it's really not. I mean, I don't know why it happened. I really would like to know the reasoning behind it, except for if... Who makes those kinds of decisions? Do you think Jerry Jones is the one making those kinds of decisions? I mean, who else is? Do you think Dak's making those decisions? No. No? No. No, probably not. Probably not. 100% not, actually. I'll go 100% right there, but... Like, really, the fact is, is that, like... You bring in your own benches, you might as well bring them to every game at this point. The at this way point, you put, as well. The way you went up right there, but... Well, the football team plays at Dallas in, like, two weeks. You think yeah, the football team's going to fly their own benches? I, I sure hope they do after this performance, but... Jake, I got a real question for you right now okay. about this Dallas Cowgirls team. Okay. Micah Parsons. Oh. Do you think he has what it takes to get rookie of the year... Or defensive player, rookie of the year, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Whatever he's going to get for the rookie of the year. But do you think he's going to get defensive player of the year as well? It was a real question. Do you think he has the stature right now and is going to continue his reign that he's made and tear on the NFL? As he quoted, the NFL is too easy. Yeah, he said the NFL is too easy for him, which is, I mean, that's... Not okay. Um, I don't know, Jared. That's I don't think that's a comment you should make. I think life's no, going to well, get obviously. ugly after that. But, I mean, if TJ Watt keeps getting injured, in my opinion, TJ Watt should be defensive player of the year besides the fact that well, he's, he, well, he, he tore his groin. He tore his groin again. I mean, what? It was his groin last time. Or I think so. Groin it's not oblique. Oblique. It was, I don't no, think, I think it was his groin. I think it was groin. I think, yeah, I think it was his groin the last time, too. But uh, to answer your question, Jared, I think, yes, 100% rookie of the year. I mean, I, I couldn't tell you anybody who's close, personally. I, I, I just love watching. I'll preface this by saying I hate watching Cowboys football just because I don't like, not that I don't like the Cowboys, I just don't like the fact that every single time I turn on ESPN, turn on, you know, whatever, Fox Sports, it doesn't matter if the Cowboys are good like they are right now. Like, I'll say they're good. They're 9-4 and four atop the uh, NFC East. Um, but I just don't like the Cowboys because every time you turn it on, if they're good or they're bad, they're always talking about them, which always makes me not ever want to watch the Cowboys. But when I do watch the Cowboys because they're on more because they're good, Micah Parsons is just so much fun to watch because kind of, they just kind of let them roam free. Uh, you know, As a Chargers fan, it kind of reminds me of the way that they allowed Derwin James to play his rookie year. I know it's a little bit different because Micah Parsons, what, he's outside linebacker or DN? Mm-hmm. Or is it, what, he's listed as that. He was a linebacker coming out of college. college. They list him as a DN right now, <laughs> I believe. Oh, bless you. <laughs> bless you. Thank you. Banga. He lists, has him listed as a DN right now, right? Well, he plays every snap yeah, that's what, this year. So yeah. they, they moved him right before the season. Well, the I, what I was saying was like, they have listed at the end, but they kind of let them roam free and just go make plays, just go be athletic, which is what I love watching defensive players that are like that. Just because it's such a you don't see that as much in the game as you do, as you used to. Um, I don't know if he's going to be defensive player of the year. I don't have the stats or anything exactly on hand. Um, I can bring up his stats right now you know, if you want me to. I just, I just don't know. I. Uh, I couldn't tell you if I think that he's going to be Defensive Player of the Year. Well, his stats this year are 
What's C-O-M-B mean? C-O-M-B? Yep. Combe. Yep, Combe. Combe. James Combe. Yep. He has 12 sacks on the year, I can tell you that. No okay. interceptions. Um, Are we still looking these stats up? No, I got them right here. You got them right here? I got them right here. Just trying to here. read uh, defensive stats. Defensive it's stats. It's really hard for me. I don't know what solo means. Solo tackles. Oh, well. They didn't tell me career. Man, I hate looking up stats when you're just a rookie, dude. It's yeah, because really there's probably nothing else on you. Well, okay. I have to, I have to look them up. He's right, got three force fumbles. Three force fumbles. Okay. QB hits. Holy crap, that's that's a lot of math I got to put together right now. You wanna, do you wanna get to it and then let me know once you once you get all the stats figured out in your head, then can move on to the next game. All right. Well, while you're while you're getting those stats up for us, Jared, I'll move us on to the Seahawks. Type. Twenty-seven QB hits. Okay. I'm just gonna. He's gonna just keep I'm reading them out as I as I keep going through some of these. Uh, I'll go through some of the more boring games. Uh, Seahawks thirty-three, Texans thirteen. Russell Wilson's back. Uh, I told you about Rashad Penny. He played fantastic. He was my Coco Melon player of the week with his 16 carries for 137. Two 17 tackles for losses. That okay. is my man, Micah Parsons. 17 right there. tackles for losses. Okay, okay. Uh, Russell Wilson's back. Uh, he's fully healthy. He looked good. Threw for two touchdowns. Uh, Tyler Lockett played a good game for the Seahawks. Uh, he had five catches, 142 yards, and a touchdown. Jared, are you giving up? On the stats over there. Um, I really don't want to do whatever uh, solo means. I mean, solo ta- solo tackles. Solo tackles don't mean anything to me. He has. What a do you lot mean they them. don't mean anything to you? He's got a lot of them, dude. How many does he have? Can I take a guess? Holy Let me crap! Take, can I take a give guess? Me, give me a second, then. Yeah, take a guess. On the solo tackles, I'm gonna say seventy-eight. How close was I? Hold on, dude. I'm only at 17 right now. All right, dog. Why doesn't it just add him up for you at the bottom, dude? Because he's a rookie. All right. Well, while you're counting that, uh, I'll do another boring one. Lions 10, Broncos 38. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna save that one for later. That's not boring. We had a little bit going on there. Uh, Falcons 29, Panthers 21. Um, I'm gonna answer some questions for you right now, uh, Panthers fans. The answer is 54. No. He's got yeah, 54, 54. Okay. solo tackles. Okay. Holy cow. Math. Pro football reference, please, please, for rookies, can you add up total stats for me, please? It takes a lot of time in my mental head. I might have missed one or two. I'm not gonna lie. But That's okay. close, you're close enough. Whew, he had ten in the game. Okay. For that, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, in my opinion, I think he's a great player. He had ten and eight back to back weeks. Um. I think Micah Parsons has a chance, especially if T.J. Watt keeps staying injured. I agree. I mean, Aaron Donald, he's a monster, but uh, we'll talk about those and later Chase on Young's in the hurt. season. We'll talk about those later on in the season. Chase Young has had a terrible year. I'm not yeah, gonna he's lie. hurt. So we don't. Good thing he's hurt yeah. because he shouldn't be in the conversation. Um, Falcons. I was just gonna say Falcons twenty nine, Panthers twenty one. I'm gonna answer a question for. Uh, all you Panther fan, Panther fans out there, the answer is no. Cam Newton is not the answer. I mean, for all the Falcons fans, I my said Panthers God. fans. Oh, okay. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I said Panthers fans. You know, keep going. Cam Newton's not the answer. Um, he just did nothing. I mean, 
I don't know what you want. That first game he played, you know, oh, I'm back. And then he's done just nothing since then. I mean, the Falcons pretty much took care of business. I know it was pretty close, but, I mean, Falcons took care of business on that one. Um, I know we already touched on Lions-Broncos. Uh, no, we didn't. We touched on Seahawks-Texas. We'll go Lions-Broncos. All right, Jared, we talked about the uh, beginning of this Lions-Broncos game, and that was one of the best and coolest uh, coolest moments. I remember when I was telling you about what happened when you walked in and got goosebumps. Oh, I mean, my God, did I get goosebumps. You were telling me about yeah. this, and I got goosebumps. Um, what happened during the game, that gave me goosebumps. Yeah, Jake, unbelievable. Recap what happened at the beginning so, of this game. I don't know if you guys haven't seen it. If not, just go on Twitter, type it in, you'll see it right away. Uh, the Broncos started the game with only 10 players on the field. They didn't have anybody lined up in the X receiver spot because that was where Demarius Thomas used to play. He was their X receiver. They didn't have anybody lined up in that spot. Uh, they took a delay game to start the game. And then the Lions declined that penalty. So once they declined the penalty, the Broncos' normal, normal starting uh, X receiver came out and... Um, the game started, but it was just an unbelievable scene to see that happen, and then just, you know, sportsmanship, Lions, obviously, you're going to decline that penalty. I mean, you would lose your job in five seconds if you didn't decline that penalty. You'd get fired before the game ended. Roger Goodell would kick you out of the league before the game ended if you didn't decline that penalty there, but um, just an unbelievable start to that game. Um, we can, I know, was it the, I think they said the Broncos' final drive of the game was an 88-yard drive, and they ended up scoring a touchdown on it. And then they had... Great uh, stat. Yeah, just stats like that. An 88-yard drive, I mean, Demarius Thomas was number 88 for their last drive of the game to go down and score a touchdown. Um, I can't remember what Broncos defensive back uh, had an interception in that game, but he had an interception. And then uh, after he picked the ball off, he ran it over to the to their sidelines, kind of behind their sidelines. It was a sideline. great interception. Yeah, that was a diving one, I think. It was a diving yeah. interception. Ran it over to that 88, placed it right there, yep. did it for Demarius Thomas. I mean, it was a great, great win for the Broncos. Um, sports just does great things like that. I'm not going to lie. Sports brings people together. Brings people together. It does great things like that. There's great stories that happen in sports, and the fact that they were able to have that last drive for 88 yards for Demarius Thomas and win this game, go out there, and have just a fantastic day on defense and offense for him. It was great. Um, and that's all I, I mean, really have about this game. This might, it this, was Demarius Thomas' yeah. game. This might be a bad, uh, bad joke here, oh, but great. no, no. If if you you have to have a game in the NFL where you're playing a memorial. It's kind of nice to play the Lions. Is that a is that false? Well, it's kind of nice to play the Lions because that would have been really shitty if the Broncos didn't win that game. Well, Jake. Oh! <laughs> that guy just put a full court shot. Okay. <laughs> okay. To bring it back to this game. Jared, um, watch this. To bring Look it back this. to this game. Oh my god, from the opposite three-point line. Oh! That's insane. But to, bring, <laughs> but to bring it back to this game. Yes, obviously it's nice to play the Lions no matter what week you're in. 
and especially if you're having a memorial or a uh, ceremony, let's yeah. say that, like the Washington Redskins, I mean, Washington football team, holy Washington cow, what a reporter I am. Like they had earlier this year, they did a memorial and retirement for Sean Taylor. Yeah. But they also did it when they were playing the a very good team. Who was it? Chiefs. Against? I'm pretty sure it was Chiefs. It was Chiefs. I don't know. I don't know. They they were projected to get smoked by whatever team they were playing. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a terrible, terrible time. They could have waited two weeks when they played the Giants, but obviously Broncos, I feel like they would have just smoked whatever team they were playing today because they were all playing for a purpose and they looked fantastic. Their defense looked great and they went out with a purpose this game to win. I mean, obviously, Jake, that was a terrible joke. Nobody laughed. I especially didn't laugh, but you're not wrong about it. I'm not wrong about it. That. Okay, too much time on yep. this game. If we're being honest, let's continue on to the next game. Jake, lead us there. Um, next game is uh, 49ers, Bengals, 49ers 26, Bengals 23. Uh, that was a, such an awesome game. If you guys didn't know, uh, we actually live streamed the end of that game uh, on our Twitter page, which is at the Sunday Club 7. If you guys want to ever give us a follow or turn on those notifications, so whenever we go live, you guys can know when we're going live. Every time it's going to be about something sports. End of a crazy game. Especially overtime, going. baby. Especially overtime. Any overtime game, you guys should expect to see us click that live button on Twitter. All right. Uh, crazy overtime game. Jimmy G goes down, wins the game in overtime with that great last play there by uh, Brandon Ayuk when he stretched it in the end zone. At first, they marked him a little like tight rope action. I know, right? Uh, at first, they marked him like a half yard short when you first watched it. Like, oh, yeah, he's totally out. I thought he stepped out of bounds. But obviously, when you went back and looked at it, it was 100% a touchdown. Um, Jimmy G played well. George Kittle played well. I thought he was pretty much the MVP there for the 49ers. Yep, he 13 went. receptions for 151 yards and a touchdown. And a touchdown. I um, mean, he looked great. Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, I think he played a good game. I mean, obviously, 27 to 41, 296 yards for two touchdowns. I think he looks pretty good. But real story is, I mean, when you have that many weapons on your offense, it's hard to look bad as a quarterback. Uh, Debo Samuel, I think he is tremendous. He's now RB1 and wide receiver 1. He had eight attempts rushing for 37 yards and a touchdown. Okay. And then you go over to his... Receiving stats, I mean, he had one reception on one attempt for 22 yards. Come on. Wow. This guy is a menace. Give him an average of 22 right there. Right there. I mean, one attempt, but, I like you know. It. I like it. Uh, that overtime was pretty interesting. Bengals got the ball first in overtime, drove down, kicked a field goal. Uh, the 49ers got the ball second. I, I mean, I just cannot stand the way the NFL runs their overtime. I think, I mean... It's so stupid. You do all this, you know, prepping for these games, and it could literally come down to, a, you know, a flip of a coin. Because if you get the ball on offense, like, you got one shot. You go down the field. Obviously, you guys know how it works. Score a touchdown, game over. You win the game, kick a field goal, or nothing. Your other team gets a chance. And then after that, any score can win the game. Um, you just 
play to win. But I just think it's so dumb the way they run that overtime. I think it should be run just like college. And college made it even more interesting this year with uh, after the first uh, attempt for each team, if it's still tied on the second one, then you have to go for two. And on the third one, so it gets, it gets to do a triple overtime in college, it's just alternating two-point conversions. Yeah, which is insane. That's so I mean, much fun to watch. I think it's insane to watch, but at the same time, like it's a lot more interesting in NFL in the fact that like you're hanging on the edge of your seat for those first two drive, the first drive from each team. Yeah, but I just think each team the first two drives. Yeah, I mean, I I hundred percent agree with that. I think each team should get a chance because the fact that they each get the coin flip. And if you take it and then you go down and score, it's a win. Yeah. If it's not a field goal. But, I mean, that's what happened. That's what we saw in this game especially. But I really think that each team should have a chance. Like, if one team scores, like, how do you know that the next team wasn't going to score too? Yeah. It was just going to stay tied. Yeah. I really think that that's an opportunity that both teams should have. But in the end, we saw that San Francisco – Got the touchdown in the end, and uh, it was a great comeback. I mean, not comeback, I should say. The Bengals made a great yeah, comeback. They were down 17-6 to at the half. It really looked like it was going to be a one-sided performance. I thought 49ers were going to keep stepping on them. I did call this game a 49ers dub, if we're going to be honest. I called that, but... I really thought it was not going to be as close as it was, especially once they went up seventeen to three or to six at halftime. Um, it was crazy that the Bengals made a comeback. Jamar Chase looked great. He's my offensive of the rookie of the year in my opinion. He looks great. I think he was just bullshitting all of us in the fact that he couldn't see the ball in the preseason. Oh my god! Good lord, that was the biggest. Yeah. Biggest, hottest take I've ever seen in my life. That was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Stupidest thing I've ever seen. Um, we can go to Bills, Bucks. Uh, that was another thrilling, thrilling game on that one. Overtime win. Another straight overtime game. Uh, we did go live on that one again um, on our Twitter page. So, uh, it was a kind of a weird game. That was going on. So, same with the 49ers-Bengals game as the same time as the Chargers game as anybody who ever knows me, um, would know that I am just crazy during those Charger games. So I got nothing else on except for the Chargers game, completely locked in, not thinking about any other scores, anything else uh, during those games. But I did uh, check the score, you know, set, you know, because I'm doing this podcast now, I wanted to kind of keep up on some of the other games, and because of the fact the Chargers, you know, blew out the Giants. But I, I was checking the score, uh, Bills, in that Bills-Bucks game, and it just looked to me, uh, from some of the highlights I was seeing that Bucks looked like they were just totally going to win that game. There was going to be no problem. Bills come all the way back. Um, Josh Allen played really well. He went 36 of 54, 308 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Um, but then again, on the other side, Brady goes 31 of 46, 363 and two touchdowns. I don't know really how you can uh, you know, compare that to anything. But uh, it was an awesome last play. Brady got his 700th career touchdown pass. Uh Pretty amazing stat, and I'm pretty sure, Jared, he got on it. The 700 was on that last play. It was on that last play. Did you see the ball boy run over for that? I did. I did oh, see that. Oh, man, the ball boy dead sprint over there to try and get that <gasps> football because as we saw, 
with his last major touchdown. Mike Evans stand. threw it into the stands. Glad this guy did not because yeah. we did not need to have that discrepancy of him throwing the ball. Somebody that was no. going to be hard ass about this one. Yeah. But he, Tom Brady did not have to give up anything. But do you think the Bills need to address their uh, rushing their oh, run game? Their run game? I definitely think the Bills need to address that. I mean, I, I think we all just thought that uh, the Bills were going to be so much better than they were. It's just so strange to see that. Just this whole year. I mean, especially this game alone. I mean, what? why are you not going to Devin Singletary more if he has four attempts for 52 yards? Can I ask that? I mean, Josh Allen had 12 attempts for 109 yards. But as a quarterback, oh, I know. a lot of those are going to be on pass plays where you get – into those coverages, and there's not a lot of people. You get you escape the pocket. I mean, four attempts for 52 yards by Devin Singletary, I think you have to go to him a few times more. I mean, long of 29. That's crazy. Was that just in that, that, was in that game? That wasn't just that game against the Bucks. Trying to see. Um, I, just, I was trying to find his, his full season stats. Uh, he's only rushed the ball 112 times. Devin Singletary or Josh Allen? Singletary. Okay. Josh, I mean, Josh Allen has 87 rushes for 531 yards. And it's kind of funny because Singletary has 112 rushes for 547 yards. So just a few yards more than him, which is pretty wild to see yep. that. I think the I Bills mean, really need to address their run game. <laughs> I think they're putting a lot of trust in Josh Allen to do both rush and throw, and it's putting a lot of pressure on him. Um... I mean, obviously, we see the Bucks win this game in overtime. It looked like it was going to be a blowout early in this game. That's what I thought. We all thought that. I mean, Bucks didn't even score. I mean, Bills didn't even score until the second quarter, but they just had three points, measly three points, to the 24 points that were put up. That was the score at one point? 24 it was 24-3 to three entering wow. halftime. I mean, Bills obviously made that comeback. I think... Uh, We've all seen the memes. We've all seen the takes about Stephon Diggs not getting those calls on a few passes towards his way yeah. for pass interference. Saw those ones. Especially also the Mike Evans pass interference late in that game. With the, Was that with the little weird thingy on the screen? Weird thingy on the screen. The squid. No, the remember, you remember how we were watching the game and it went like green, Yes, yes, no, yes, yes, exactly that point where Mike Evans clearly had the pass interference, and then everybody, I'm pretty sure everybody. Everybody, you said you saw that on Twitter. I saw that on Twitter. I mean, Twitter, baby. Woo! Jake put me on. All right, let's go. Twitter, baby. But I had to teach him how to tweet. <laughs> he was I, like, how do I tweet? I said, you press the button in the bottom right corner. Still, Still barely know how to tweet, but... We all saw that national television decided to uh, go haywire magically when we were all trying to watch that P.I. Yeah. that was caught on the Bills, but in my personal opinion, was clearly on Mike Evans. Um, so really, strange. that that so helped so that weird. helped the Bills right there. I mean, not the Bills, the Bucks. God, so many B names right now. I'm so confused Brad. personally. Brangelina. Yep, exactly what I'm thinking about yep. right now is Brad and Brangelina. But B B B B, Bucks baby, Brady. they won this game. Buffalo. 
Yep, there's so many Bs. Don't even talk to me. Stop. Stop. You're just trying to confuse me more. Bucks won this game in OT. Brandon. I'm a little upset. I had the Bucks. I mean, holy cow, so many B names. I had the Bills winning this game. Bobby. Would have helped me a lot. Can you please stop? Tom Brady was in his bag this weekend. Okay, Jake Herman, Jared Pratt, JJ, HP. Juice World. Exactly. Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Neutron. Alright, let's keep going. Josh Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> let's keep it rolling right now. Let's keep it rolling. Um, Bears Packers, we can go to the Sunday night game. Actually, well, before we go to the Sunday night game, I want to talk about the Chargers game. Um, I know I kind of talked about it uh, just a little bit. So great that you left this for second to last. Yeah, well, we got to talk about the Sunday game as well. We got, we can go. We got to go with the Monday night game as well too. Um, but Chargers Giants. Chargers did exactly what they needed to do against the Giants. Um, Chargers did this all without Keenan Allen. Uh, they also did it because Keenan Allen tested positive uh, for COVID on Monday. And then uh, it was Mike Williams and Chris Harris Jr. were also deemed in close were deemed in close contact, but they tested negative twice uh, because they're vaccinated. They're able to come back and play in this game, um, which was super big for them. And then before the game, I think it was pretty close to right before the game started. Uh, Derwin James got listed as out, uh, quad or hamstring. Can't remember exactly which ones, but I think some of the stuff I heard was that it's not serious. They just wanted to make sure he's going to be healthy for this. Uh, Chiefs game coming up on Thursday, but the Chargers played really well. Um, I mean, as a Chargers fan, I just have to say, yes, even though the final score was 37-21, I would say that the Chargers' starting defense gave up seven points this game. Those last two came with guys that were on the field that I didn't even know who they were. They had that interception, like, super late. They said who it was, and I was like, who the hell is this guy? Like, this is their uh, seventh-round pick, uh, you know, rookie seventh-round pick. And I was like, yeah, that's why I don't know who this guy is. He only had 27 defensive snaps of the year up to this point. Um, so Mike Lennon well. did have two touchdowns against the Chargers. Yeah, Mike Lennon. Yes, did. one that of them was a rushing touchdown at the very neck, end of the game. Long neck boy. <laughs> that, I, neck. I'll be honest with you. I've never seen Mike Lennon, a picture or anything of Mike Lennon before this game. And when that dude, like, they showed him on camera for the first time, like, Mike Lennon's good. He cleared concussion protocol, and I was like, oh my god, that's what he looks like? I thought it was a uh, second coming of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Dude, it's, it's it the was fucking, crazy. it's the white version of Chris Bosch. Yep. He has a very long neck, um, to say the least. I, I will say that. This game was very one-sided. Cheat, I mean, whoa, Chargers just blew all over him. It was not even close. Dude, there's a lot of names sounding very similar to me right now. I don't know what it is. The score is a lot closer than what this game really depicted. Um, I got to relax a little bit during this game. Yeah, this was the most relaxed I've ever seen Jake during a Chargers football game. Uh, Can't wait for Thursday night when they play the Chiefs and I just see Jake yelling at the TV for three and a half hours straight. That's pretty much how it goes. It's 100% how it's going to go this this week. But, uh, I mean, Austin Eckler, I really thought a lot of the load was going to be on him, especially because a lot of people are in close contact about COVID and everything like that. But uh, he did have the luxury to come out, especially once he got close with that injury. 
that he came no out for. There's no reason to put him back in that game. No, there was no reason, and they did a good job and didn't put him back in that game. Their run looked really good. Justin Jackson, baby. With Justin Jackson, and who's the other running back that they had going? It's uh, Josh Kelly. Josh Kelly, yeah. UCLA running back. I mean, they both... I mean, Jackson had 9 attempts for 35 yards, and Kelly had 10 attempts for 33 yards. They looked very good, I mean, in my opinion, especially in that second half when Eckler was not playing anymore. Yeah. Um, and then that dime from Herbert. Absolute I mean, dime. Okay, besides that, we really knew this game was over when Jimmy Bosa got up from that shit fumble. <laughs> that was did, amazing. And did the Cod Selly. God. The teabag. Oh, my God. Teabag, teabag. Oh, let me drop down. <gasps> Push up. Teabag, teabag. That yes. was, it was just, like a, just such a stop. Robotic. Ooh, ooh. It's just the seat. Just I was very confused listen, by his celebration I, I as he Joey walked. Bosa talk. He, he did walk 15 yards after the strip fumble before he did that, Sally. And okay. I was so confused that I saw that firsthand. And I thought it was the funniest thing ever. But... Just probably thinking what's going through Joey Bosa's mind at that moment. Oh, this would be kind of funny. <laughs> okay, uh, you guys don't need to hear everything I need to say about the Chargers because, yeah, whatever. we really don't need to. All right, it was Chargers, uh, fuck Chargers. Packers, Bears, <laughs> fighting words over there. Packers, Bears, uh, forty-five to thirty. Take this L Thursday night, baby. Okay, Jeez. Woo! I'm calling it right now. I'm putting. You know what I think of your take. <clears throat> <laughs> Put fifty bucks on the Chiefs right now. Okay. What fifty? You only have fifty six cents left in your account from gambling it all no, away. No. Remember oh, last? Okay. Remember okay. yesterday? Okay. Remember on the Saturday night episode how Jared was like, and then I made it all back <laughs> fifty dollars. Okay, I I got so my <laughs> book. I got a Snapchat. Thank, thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, I lost all my money. Okay, okay. Can you let me speak really quickly? <laughs> thankfully, my bookie. Um, matches whatever you put in for the first time. Um, I put in a hundred dollars, made one hundred and fifty-one off my hundred dollars playing blackjack. Wait, so don't, you made one hundred fifty-one, or you had one? No, no. So I had one fifty-one. So, so I made, made okay. I made fifty-one dollars. Okay. okay. Yes, I made one fi- I mean, I made fifty-one off my hundred. Okay, doesn't matter. That's playing blackjack. Um, please don't ever do that online. Please, nobody ever do I that. Said, bro, it's a computer. It's not yep. supposed to let you win money. <laughs> because when I went on it the very next day, I lost all $151. <laughs> I got a Snapchat. I, have, I lost I, all I, my money. I have 50 cents left in of what I put in in my $100. What a great use of that money. Do I have a gambling problem? Please don't talk to me. Um, I still have $100 left. Actually, I don't from my bookie because of my bad, bad sports betting. Um, I have really good hot takes, but then I add on other terrible takes. Please, please don't listen to me when I make sports betting. Um, until I get hot, once I get hot, please, I'll let you know. I'll let you know when I'm please hot. Please let the people know when you get hot. I'll, I'll, I'll let the people know when I get hot. But really, we need to talk about this Sunday night game. Bears, Bears Packers. Packers, division rivals. I touched on a little bit, and how Aaron Rodgers. Was amazing. Coco Melon Player of the Week. I Sorry, you Jake Herman. Two different Coco Melon Player of the Week. Um, Taysom Hill and Aaron Rodgers. No, Taysom Hill was my projected player. Coco oh. Melon Player of the Week. Oh, okay. 
just because of the Mormon Bowl. But um, Aaron Rodgers was the full outcome. I also had a close second as Michael Parsons just because of the effect that he has. But Aaron Rodgers, 341 yards, four touchdowns. Great, great performance from him. Division rivals, Chicago Bears. This game was insane. I remember we watched it. It was crazy. Um, well, the second quarter was crazy. I mean, and then well, it got stupid. Second quarter was obviously crazy. We had, we both placed bets on the Bears because they had that lead, <laughs> and we still thought that they had a chance. But then, obviously, when we came back in the second half, Aaron Rodgers was like, "All right, you guys are time to go to sleep." Yeah, it's time. To it's go just home. time. It's just time. It was just time to go home. They did that that uh, uh, Bears lineman or linebacker that had that sack on Rogers early in the game. He like got in his face and did the discount, discount double, double check. check, baby. You can't do that and expect no. to just win that game. You got to do that late when you have a like twenty point lead, yeah. especially against Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I, I mean, any time is too much time for Aaron Rodgers to come back. In my opinion, Aaron Rodgers, great, great quarterback. God, uh, the fact that the Bears scored 24 points in that second quarter, but then scored six total points the rest of the game, just says it all for me. Yep. Um, that, that's it right there. That's it. I mean, A.J. Dillon looked really good. He had 70 yards on his 15 carries, but Aaron Jones really had the full load in the run game. Aaron Rodgers just continues his dominance. I mean, he's a great, great quarterback, in my opinion. Doesn't have the uh, cert shoot against him. Can't make it past that in the NFC Championship game, but all-out great performance for the Green Bay Packers. They took care of business when they needed to. You want to talk about the Sunday or the Monday night game real quick? I guess we can. Rams-Cardinals, uh, 23-30. That was an interesting game. Um, I mean, I put a decent amount of money on the, you know, the Cardinals, but obviously the Cardinals didn't win that game. I oh, thought I, I was. In- oh, I know you did, but the fact is that this game says it's a lot closer than what I really felt like it did watching the game. Hundred percent. Rams looked like they dominated. I mean, they had some big takeaways when they really needed it. Uh, coming out of that second half. They had big, big plays. I mean, they started off that second half with a touchdown drive. Um, right and when then, I got in the shower. <laughs> yep, immediately once Jake got in the shower, and then immediately when Jake was also in the shower, Kyler Murray throws an interception on their, what, 25-yard line, and it gets ran know, back by Floyd. Listening to who? what, what artist, Jared? <sighs> Dude, you think I know? I was paying attention to this football game that was going on. Drake. Well, probably Drake. No surprise there, but we don't need to shout Drake out unless Drake is going to give us conversation for saying Drake. Drake. Please, oh, Drake, yeah. I love you. You're oh, my yeah. favorite artist. You're my favorite artist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but about this game, James Conner looked great in my opinion. He did what he needed to do. James Conner had 13 attempts for 31 yards. I mean, dominated. He had two rushing touchdowns alone. James Conner also in the pass game. Why are you playing Drake right now, Jake? Turn this off. 
Jake. Oh my god. James Conner in the past game also had nine targets and he received all nine targets for 94 yards. I mean, James Conner balled out, in my opinion. He looked great. LA Rams, though, it seemed like they ran away with this game, even though it was 30 to 23. Jake, what are your opinions about this Monday night game that we watched, whether you were in the shower or not? I mean, from what, from what I watched, uh, I thought the Rams were the much better team. Uh, I'm not looking at stats or anything here, but I, th- I mean, I, just to me, it looked like the Rams were a better team. It was pretty, I mean, Cardinals made it interesting there um, in, you know, into that game by uh, kicking that field goal and then trying, and then they recovering the onside kick. Which I think the announcer said was the first time they were covering an onside kick since like 2009. I think was the stat he brought up. I'm sorry, I think just this year, but I thought he said they haven't recovered one since 2009. Oh, the Cardinals, baby. But the Cardinals. Yeah. Oh, no. No. I'm saying just the Cardinals. That the Cardinals haven't recovered an onside kick since 2009, and maybe they, they did the uh, reverse um, announcer curse and uh, willed that right into it, getting that onside kick, which was crazy. Uh, made it interesting. I, you know, obviously they ran out of time there in the end. Um, maybe maybe could have been saved if they called their timeouts a little bit earlier and uh, tried to kick that field goal with more time left on the clock. But you never know. You always want to try to go for the touchdown right off the bat. Um, I thought overall Rams were just a better team. Um, do you have anything, any final comments on Week 14? Pretty much kind of wraps it up for us. Well, I just got to say Cooper Cup is a baller. He had a touchdown tonight, 123 yards on 13 receptions. Okay. This man is balling, and that's really all I got to say. A.J. Green, he joined the 10K club for receptions, or receiving yards. Sorry. 10,000 Not receptions. Receiving yards. He looked great tonight. I mean, he was really a big part of the passing game. DeAndre Hopkins, he had his first like drop drop, which is yeah, insane. Crazy. We have not seen that in years where he's had a an actual drop. An actual drop when he should have caught a ball and he really said, My bad. Like he knew he should have caught that ball. Yeah. It was in the red so zone. Crazy. It could have been a first down and led to a touchdown or just been a touchdown alone, but it didn't and it is his first career job, especially with the Cardinals. I can tell you that. But that's crazy. Well, I think on. that pretty much wraps up our week 14. Uh, I have a question for you, Jared. Do you know why when you're having a drink with somebody and they say, hey, let's make a toast? Do you know why they say, let's make a toast? Why do they say, well, let's make a toast? The ancient Romans used to drop a piece of toast in their wine for good health. And that, Jared, is how the name... Let's make a toast. We came about. Well, Jake, let's make a let's toast. Let's make a toast to the Sunday Club. From my drink to your drink, the Sunday Club. Mm. So good. Let's continue on this let's great success. Let's continue on this great success. Okay, Jared, who is on the block this week? We did this segment last week. Um, would you like to start it off, Jared, or would you like me to start it off? You know what? Start it off, Jake. You want me to start it off? All right, I'm going to start it off. Um. As you guys know, I'm a big college basketball fan, so a lot of my stuff does have to do with college basketball. My who's on the block is Villanova basketball. Villanova played against uh, Baylor this week, and Villanova only scored 36 points. 
against Baylor. They scored only 36 points. They tied the record for the fewest points in call in a college basketball game in the shot clock era. I don't know exactly. I can't remember exactly when the shot clock era began. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's been around for a while. So, 36 points against Baylor. Uh, they went 12 of 54 shooting from the field. 12 of 54. They shot 22% from the field in this game. They went 6 of 27 behind the arc. I mean, you're going 6 of 27. That's a funny. I did, I did the math. It's, tw- it's also 22.2%. So, they shot both 22.2% uh, on the field and 22.2% behind the arc. I mean, if you're taking 27 threes and you're only at 36 points, and if, I think, I don't know, I can't remember exactly what the final score was, but Baylor had, I think, in a 50, so it wasn't a complete blowout where, you know, you're down 25 points and you know the only way you're coming back into this game is if you start getting hot behind the arc. But to still take 27 threes and then only, you know, make six of them, that is quite awful. And that cannot happen if you're a uh, villain over there. Uh, Jared, do you have your who's on the block up and ready for us? Oh, I've had it ready for you for a while. Mine's going to be Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. Okay, that's a good one. I mean, we really have to go with the fact that Urban Meyer has just been whew, outstanding for this Jaguars. Um, Urban Meyer earlier, I mean, well, not earlier, way earlier in his career once he was done with the Ohio State team said the criteria to examine examine struggling teams according to him himself is going to be trust issues as number one number two is going to be dysfunctional environment and three selfishness wow for the fact that urban mile had urban meyer had said this himself and then now we look at this Jaguars team. It's just insane because it's exactly what he exhibits and what is going on in this Jaguars team and organization right now. I mean, wow, Jake got a like on Hinge. Okay. How many do you still have on Tinder, Jake? Let's go back to football. Okay. Urban Meyer, baby. He cannot buy anything for himself. I mean, as we touched on earlier, as we touched on earlier, even Trevor Lawrence and many other players are vouching for the fact that James Robinson needs to get more touches. He needs to be on the field at all times is what everybody else is saying because he is the best running back on that offense. <laughs> we have uh, we have fun here. Subscribe to the YouTube. You see everything that's going on right now. <laughs> subscribe. But Urban Meyer is losing this organization. Clearly, I think he really is trying to lose this job. Um, I think he just wants to find a way to get out of this contract. He's not used to having to uh, build a team. He's no. used to getting. Whatever he wants, as you saw when he was at Florida and Ohio State, he literally got whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted. I mean, all it is is recruiting at that point. But right now, he's got to build a team. Um, he's making Trevor Lawrence look like he's terrible, which 
I don't know, Jake. Do you think that uh, Trevor Lawrence is a bust, or do you think that this is just growing pains and the Urban Meyer effect right now? So I will double that with not only a question for not really you, but more uh, for Jaguar fans. Who who do you have more like invested in? Do you have to figure out what the who the problem is and where it's coming from? Think do who do you have more invested in? As a fan, like as the organization, do you have more investment into your head coach of Urban Meyer or your number one overall draft pick of Trevor Lawrence? When you look at that, you go, who who here gets the second chance to prove that it's not their fault, but it's the other person's fault? Obviously, you got to go with Trevor Lawrence. They're going to get rid of Urban Meyer, which is going to go next year, maybe in the next two years, if he has somebody at the hel- at ugh, at the helm who's not Urban Meyer. You're going to be able to see was it Trevor Lawrence is a bust and who's only good at Clemson because of all the five star recruits around him and all the, the high draft picks around him playing against teams who didn't have that. Well, I mean, I'm going to have to say about Trevor Lawrence is not just the five star recruits, but he dominated in high school as well. I don't know much about high school football, let alone his high school, but I really think that we have to look at the fact that like Trevor Lawrence did not lose. How does no. he deal with losing? He's never lost before. How does he deal with losing? We don't know that. I mean, as we see this season, like he's playing on a Jaguars te- team that, oh my God, is used to losing. But he's led them to three games, three wins at least. Um, I mean, they've got a schedule where they have a chance to win at least one more game. They play the Texans or Jaguars. Okay. I mean, not Jaguars, Jets. Jets. The Jets, another J name. Dude, why... You are getting all screwed up tonight. I'm getting very screwed up. We're talking about the Jaguars right now. But I think they at least get one more win. Um, I don't know what happens in this future. Obviously, Urban Meyer is definitely coaching himself out of this position. 100%. 100% he is. doing all, literally every wrong thing you can think of. Everything. Right and, I mean, he just blames everybody else but himself. Uh I mean, that's not what you look forward to as a head coach. No. If, if I was a Jaguars fan, I would definitely be upset with Urban Meyer for so many reasons, especially the fact that he's never blamed himself since he's joined the Jaguars. No, it's always been somebody else's fault. It's been somebody else's fault. It's been a player's fault. It's been so many other things. But most importantly, we got to think about the fact that uh, he's not even playing the right players. He doesn't even know who's playing in the games. I saw a tweet earlier today about the fact that uh, he didn't even know if a defensive player had gotten to the game. He said, I think he got more oh, snaps. I yep, I think he got more snaps than someone else, but it turns out that that player got zero snaps. Zero snaps on defense. Zero snaps on defense. Zero snaps. Zero snaps on defense. But the important part is the fact that James Robinson, your best offensive player, and he proved himself last year, has not been getting the snaps that he deserves, and especially to help this offense, in my opinion. Trevor Lawrence can't carry this offense, but James Robinson proved last year that he could lead this team to at least one win (laughs) without Trevor Lawrence, your number one draft pick. So, I like it. Okay, uh, next up, Jared, who made the grade? Uh, do you want to, yeah, you know, you can start off here. Who made the grade since I started this off on who's on the block? You know, I'm going to go with this who made the grade. Um, mine's going to be Jamal Shiad. 
I hope that's how you say it. It's spelled S-H-E-A-D for all of you that wants to correct me. Shahid. Uh-huh. Holy hair. <laughs> He's from the University of Houston. Yes, I had hair in my mouth, and it might still be in my mouth. I'm not positive, but this guy made the grade. He's a great human being. He's one of the only people that I would want on my team if I was a coach. Just for the soul pact of him as a person. If I'm judging based off of who you are as a person. This guy picked up trash due to the coaches. Yeah, now I know who you're talking about. Yeah, you know who now I'm talking about. about. Yep. His coaches uh, broke up, tore some chairs, and kicked a trash can on their way out of the stadium. Or, well, into the locker room. Because they lost to Alabama. Um, I really think this guy's a great kid. He proved himself, I mean, just as a great person right there. He picked. He stopped, helped, started picking up trash on his way out towards the locker room. Amazing. It's amazing. I mean, this story right here is just amazing. Um, him as a person doing that is crazy. I mean, as a D1 athlete, you think that you're just above the world half the time, but this kid yeah. stopped to pick up trash because he knew that what his coaches did was wrong and <coughs> sucked for everybody that's getting paid minimum wage to do this for yep. for the team. But um, this kid makes my grade for me this week. Great like kid it. right there. It's a great – I love that made the grade. All right, my made the grade also, once again – I don't really care. But let's hear. <laughs> after that, please follow that up. Please yes. follow that up. Oh, I'll follow it up. I got a good one. I, at least I think it's a good one. Mm-hmm. Who made the grade for me? It once again has to do with college basketball. We got Dick Vitale. You know, he's called the game at Baylor. Baylor did uh, the tribute video to him. And I don't know if you guys have seen the video. Once again, I'll tell you to look it up if you haven't. Just got to look it up on Twitter. Um. Twitter, baby! Twitter, it's on everything. Easiest way to access something. And, uh, you know, it brought Dick Vitale to tears. It's just, he's just such a legend. It's just it's such an amazing scene to have him back college, calling college basketball games. I mean, there's nothing better than tuning into a basketball game and having Dick Vitale tell you all these. I mean, just the way he calls the game and all the little, like, they got, he's got one, he calls them the, uh, the all-airport team. They look, What's that? They when they look really good at the airport, and mm. uh, but don't play very well, so you're on the all airport team. It's like you, you on your, Tinder, uh, baby. Yeah, like, you sound really good. In- <laughs> you got your uh, you got your Dipsy Doo Dunkaroo, baby. Dipsy Doo Dunkaroo, baby. All time. <laughs> all it's just so good to see him back. There's something. Anybody different. that's played college basketball on PS what two, PS three. Uh, yeah. We. You know what that sound is. One hundred percent. Okay, uh, we're we're gonna launch into our most what we think. Actually, you know, what? I think this launched me. I gotta talk one more college basketball real quick. Um, I today came across the ugliest and worst college basketball game I've ever seen um, in my entire life. It was obviously not a big game. A lot of people are watching. It's Northern Illinois. Versus Chicago State. Wow, that sounds like a really just big game, Just a really, really big game. Yes, that's a marquee matchup. Sounds like week, a big actually. game that nobody would watch until March Madness. Pretty much. But in this game, the ugliest game I've <laughs> ever seen 
I didn't see it. I saw some highlights because I wanted to look it up and watch it. There were a combined 56 fouls between the two teams. 56 fouls between the two teams. Say that one more time. 56. How many? 56 fouls combined between the two teams. And combined, they all face shots. Yes. You said 56. Yes. How many? 56. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) That's a lot of fouls. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then combined, they also shot combined 63 free throws. That's it? Oh, 56 (laughs) fouls. 63 free throws. Well, college basketball does the one and ones. Before you get to the double bonus, you get the one and ones. Okay, I know that. Just letting you know. That's probably why. <laughs> Alright, that was the ugliest college basketball game I've ever seen in my life. 56 combined fouls and 63 combined free throws. Um, we're going to launch into what we think are the, the most unbreakable records in sports. But before we hop into what we think are the most unbreakable records in sports, uh, tomorrow night you guys should tune in. Uh, Steph Curry going to look to break Ray Allen's uh, all-time regular season threes record. Coco Melon Player of the Week, non-football. Steph Curry takes on the three-point Hall of Fame record. <laughs> I want to say something else about the NBA. Actually, Jared, you gotta, you gotta get it. Come on, get us back in that voice. He needs two three-point made shots to break Ray Allen's record in the regular season for three-pointers made. I believe he's going to do it at MSG. What an historical place, historical stadium, and which he is going to make history tomorrow night. Steph Curry deserves every little bit of credit that he gets for it. He has made the three-pointer such a staple in the NBA, and I think he's going to be the Coco Melon Player of the Week non-football for this week. Congrats to you on breaking the NBA three-point regular season record. I like it. You know there's a record that I know in the NBA that's never going to get broken. This is nothing I had written down, but... Nobody will ever have, I hope you remember this, it was a few weeks ago, will ever have more ashy ankles than Kevin Durant. Oh my god. Do you remember that? All the ashy, did you ever see the picture, the real picture of Kevin Durant's ashy ankles? Just ashy ankles or his whole legs? Because I saw the whole legs. It was like the spot between the tights and the socks. Oh, you didn't see the picture of him at home? No. With the ashy ass whole legs? I mean, KD... You are a great <laughs> basketball player. You are probably one of the most unguardable players in the NBA ever. How, your, how does your skin look like Dude, that? let's just put, put on some cocoa butter. Let's make it better. Um, in my opinion, dude, like, come on. I think you could beat almost anyone in the NBA ever all time in one-on-one. But, like, you got to fix that, bro. Like, if that's your least problems in this world... By all means, like you're you're living life, but come on, cocoa better just makes everything better. Yes. Cocoa butter. <laughs> cocoa butter. Oh my god, son. 
We're trying to get a word off from our sponsor. And let's move on to the most unbreakable stats in all of sports. Jake, who do you have? I know yours is already going to be somebody from the A's. Am I right? Coco Putter, percentage by Coco Melon. Who do I have? Yeah, you know somebody from the A's. You know it's my boy, Ricky Henderson. The pick, all that, all that, Ricky Henderson. Mm-hmm. What did Ricky Henderson ever do in his career? Oh, well, he had that could just be records. an unbreakable stat. Ricky Henderson with 81 leadoff home runs. Not like home runs in the leadoff spot, but 81 times Ricky Henderson let off a game, had the first at-bat of a game, and hit a home run. In the first at-bat of the game. He did that 81 times in his career. The next closest to him is our, our man Alfonso Soriano, and he had, he had 54. Our man? Alfonso Soriano. Yes, sir. Um, he had 54, and that's not even close. Um, the, the, I looked at the closest active player right now is George Springer. If anybody has a chance, it's George Springer. I know, Jared, that we talked about this a while ago, and we looked up how old George Springer is, so I can't remember off the top of my head how old he is. Um, Jared, are you able to get a fact check on that for me? Yes, I am. Yeah, get that fact check. Because I was like, we did the math of how many home runs he would have to hit to break it. Because he's getting older. George Springer is 32 years old. Yeah, so he's already 32. So he's, I mean, he's he's a long ways away from doing that. He's got, and that, that's not, that's only a stat you get. You only get one shot at that to add to that stat every game. One shot, and then it's over. It's not like stealing a base or hitting a certain amount of home runs. Keep, keep in mind, George Springer did lose a full year just due to COVID, almost. That's true. I mean, it's 60 games during the COVID year. Um, I'm pretty sure he was injured for a few games during that year, so he lost even more than just that 162 mark due to COVID. But... I don't think that stat's going to be broken for a long time. Um, To see that power, especially during this days and age, um, there's a lot of power during this game, but in the leadoff spot, I think we still don't see it as much as we did or will ever see. Uh, Ricky Anderson is a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to have as many stolen bases as he does power. Uh, It's insane. I mean... Lead off guy, you're not looking for power. I mean, he was he's the perfect 40 40 guy, yeah, 100 percent because he was able to do what he did in the fact of hit home runs as well as steal bases. He was one of the fastest guys. He has how many stolen bases during his career? Oh, uh, I didn't write that down, so I don't know off the top of my head. Um, uh, as you're looking that up, I gotta tell uh, Ricky Henderson, I got two Ricky Henderson stories for you, Jared. Uh, I'll tell you the first one was uh, one of my buddies that we played that we played high school baseball with. His dad used to work in the MLB, and he actually got was on the bus one time. And Ricky Henderson was also on the bus, and uh, Ricky Henderson uh, sat in the back of the bus. And he, I guess uh, my buddy's dad like walked up, walked back to him, and was like, "Hey, Ricky, you know you don't have to sit in the back of the bus. You can come sit up, on, you know, up in the front." You got tenure. He said, tenure? I'm Ricky Henderson. I got 15 year. That's Ricky, that's just Ricky Henderson. That's just the way that he talks. Well, Ricky Henderson, badass mofo. But 
stolen bases, he has fourteen oh six for his career, which is an all time wow. record. Yeah, all time record as well as also having those lead off home runs that he has. Insane. Uh, the dude literally. I mean, the only person I really thought could have a chance was going to be Mike Trout at the beginning of his career, but then uh, obviously, as you as we see. At this day and age for baseball, is going to be that home runs lead to everything, and health leads to everything, yeah. and Mike Trout can barely stay healthy, but as well, we're more so looking for home runs, and they don't care about stolen bases, so after that first two years that Mike Trout had in his career, they very much led him to just trying to hit home runs. He beefed up, stopped stealing as many bases, and... I really don't think that this stat's going to even come close. Like, I don't think anybody's going to come yeah, close no, to this stat I mean, ever in their, in their career because nobody cares about stolen bases anymore, especially if you're hitting home runs. Like, nobody wants no. you to steal bases. Like, Tatis, he steals a bunch of bases, but as he keeps getting injured in yeah, his he, career, they're going to tell him to stop. They're gonna, they've already told him to stop. Yeah. Because they, they, they signed him that big contract, and now no nobody in the Potters are going to organization even cares about those stolen bases. They just want to see him do great every night, hit a home run. Hit a big home run, especially. But I'm going to turn it over to myself, Jay Kerman. I like that. Turn it over to yourself. Yes, right? sir. And all I got to say is Tiger Woods. Okay. We all love Tiger Woods. I mean, who doesn't love Tiger Woods? There's a lot but, of people that don't like Tiger Woods. Well, we don't even talk about those people because Tiger Woods... Is number one on my list. He's going to be the player that I have that is going to not have any stat that he's made get broken. I mean, especially this one. He's made 142 straight cuts in What's golf. Cut, he, he's made every single tournament in his career. From 1998 Buick Invitational until 2005 Brian Nelson Championship. So it'll be every single cut from that time. And his dominance is obviously known by many people. But the consistency in which he dominated is by far greater. I like it. The perfect amount of what you need to know about this is Rory McIlroy currently holds the longest active streak in cuts in the PGA Tour right now with 25. And what was, what was, once again, it was well over 100, right? 142 straight cuts. Wow. And Rory McIlroy holds the current longest active streak with 25. And and able to tie Tiger, he would have to make every single straight cut until twenty twenty eight, just to tie Tiger's wow record in the players contest. Wow, Jake, I'm not sure if you have any more, but I'm gonna have that's, to go on to another that's one. That's all I got. Okay, well I'm gonna have to go on to another one. It's gonna be Joe DiMaggio's hit streak. 56. Okay. 56 straight 56 games. 56 straight games. Joe DiMaggio had a hit. Not just getting on base, but getting a hit in baseball. I mean, 
if anything we've seen over the years, how much harder it's getting gotten to get a hit in many straight games, just let alone two straight games. I mean, as we see, the next close is going to be 45, which somebody Shohei from <laughs> definitely not Shohei Otani, but it's going to be a guy from 1897, Willie Kielner of the Baltimore Orioles. But I think really the biggest stats from this is going to be that in 2005 to 2006, Jimmy Rollins had 35. Okay. And then besides that, we got Chase Utley with 35 in 2006 as well. Okay. We got Dan Ugla with 33 in 2011, which is going to be the most recent highest that we have. I mean... Whit Merrifield in 2019, well, 2018 and 2019, it continued over that streak. It's going to be 31 games. But we okay. also had four players since 2006 with 30. But besides that, nobody's even gotten over 40. That's crazy. That's going to be nobody. That's, nobody's getting that one. In, in my opinion, nobody's getting even close to contention with that. I mean, 56 is unreal. That's close to half of the and Major League season. season. I mean, like, nobody's even gotten like over three, 40 I mean, games. Three months. Over three months. I mean. I'm getting, I'm getting a hit every day. Well, two and a half. I mean, one and a half. But that's 40 games. Um, sorry. Two, sorry, over two months. Sorry. There, there is 30 days in a month. I know. I did the we, math wrong. In average, 30 days in a month. But, they, but they, probably have, they, they get about three days off a month from work. Yeah. I mean, on average, yes, they get about three games off a month. But in my opinion, nobody's going to even get close to this. Um, Jose Altuve, who I thought looks probably the closest since 2019. Because I didn't think what Mayfield was going to be on this list. I thought Jose Altuve was the one on this list. I was going to be the closest since 2011. He only has 19 games in a row with a hit. There's okay. no way, in my opinion, that somebody is going to beat Joe DiMaggio's record from 1941 with 56 straight games. I mean, not in today's game. No, especially with the way that pitching goes in this game. I mean, people are throwing over 95 miles per hour coming out of the bullpen. You got starters that are averaging 95 miles per hour. Like, there's. No way, in my opinion, that somebody's going to get 57 games in a row no. with a hit. No. Let alone over 40, in my opinion. No, I, I don't think we're going to see 40 for a long, long time unless they move those mounds back. I agree. All right, Jared. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. There's no way this is going to happen again, by the way. What is this? The random name generator. <laughs> Come on, my guy. Dude, there's no way. You don't think so? No. Oof. We gotta wrap this up here though again with our random name generator. You know what? I'm not feeling too confident in this today, so I'm gonna give my name first. Okay. It's going to be Jordan. 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 J O R D A N. How else do you spell Jordan? Q U V X I A. Shot high. Yeah, but that was, Jordan. Alright, Jake, give me your name okay. right now. Okay. Let's 
Let's see, what am I feeling today? You know what? I'm going to go, because of my, my Coco Melon player of the week, Jared, I'm going to go Rashad. You're going to go with Rashad, huh? Uh, R-A-S-H-A-D. Rashad. Rashad. Are we right. pulling it up? Yes, we are, baby. Pulling up that random name generator. Aww. Are we having some technical difficulties pulling up our random name generator? It is Griffin. Griffin. Oh. oh. Wow. That's so boring. We didn't get it, and it was just a random ass American name. I hate American names. I hate them. You have anything you want to say to the people on this wonderful Monday night? Please, if your name is Lon L O N, <laughs> please. Reach out to me, J Rod Pratt, at the Sunday on Twitter, Club Seven, or just at the Sunday Club Seven. Please, please reach out to me. Have a great night. Have a great week. We love you guys. Let's go football, baby. Football. <laughs>